You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We are officially in Holy Week, the most sacred week of the year for us as Christians. I want to keep walking through Matthew's gospel today. I want to read about the death of Jesus uh, on the cross. So verse 45 and following, we're just picking up where we've left off last week. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, Now, leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. I want to pause there and just share a couple of observations. The first is, I just want to observe the time from noon until three. So this afternoon, something was really, really dark. Maybe it was uh, miraculously heavy storm clouds. Whatever it was that God used, the world became peculiarly dark. I know for me on Good Friday, every year when I wake up and I realize that I'm a preacher and kind of a nerd for this, I track the time a little bit. We sort of estimate that Christ was taken to the cross at nine, that he was uh, hanging on the cross in darkness from noon to three and died at three. And when those times occur for me on Good Friday, I generally take notice. I'm aware of those times. And I just encourage you this year, you might even consider your partnership with Jesus, your connection to Jesus in a different way on Good Friday as you imagine what was happening to him, where he was throughout the day, and at three o'clock to recognize that Christ had passed. He'd surrendered his spirit. Well, the second thing I want to point out is this uh, strange cry that is recorded first in Aramaic, and then it's translated for us, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is a pretty heavy moment, and there's a couple of things happening here. I've heard Bible teachers teach that this is the moment that God turned his back on Jesus and wouldn't dare to look at him because Jesus just took on the sins of the world. And the truth is, the Bible teaches that God will not look on sin, and Christ, in fact, did just take on the sins of the world. But we don't know for sure whether God the Father actually turned his back on Jesus or whether Jesus was just crying out from the weight of that sin that it felt in his humanity, being fully God and fully man, as if God had fully forsaken him. But what I do want to point out to you is that he is quoting Psalm 22. He is echoing words that were written by David at a season when David felt as if God had forsaken him. But there was even more going on. If Jesus had been hanging on the cross and had spoken out the familiar words to it, an old hymn, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, we could all supply the next line that saved a wretch like me. If he'd spoken a Bible verse that we learned since our childhood, for God so loved the world, we would have been able to finish that. 
that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believed in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Well, when Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He is quoting the opening line to Psalm 22. And when you read Psalm 22 with Jesus in mind, you recognize that when David was in agony, when David felt forsaken by God, when he described it as if he were surrounded by angry men, as if his body were pierced and his bones were out of joint, as if he was thirsty and his heart was melting like wax, you find a representation of the crucifixion from a thousand years before Jesus that is so remarkably stunning that you realize that God put these words a thousand years before on David's pen as prophecy of Jesus. Let me read this to you. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I have no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the Prince, though you are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted in you, delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you from my mother's womb. You have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me, roaring lions that tear their prey, open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax, it has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and feet. All of my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lion. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people in the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise Him. May your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and the families of the nations will bow down before Him. For dominion belongs to the Lord. And He rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before Him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve Him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim His righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, He has done it. Psalm 22 
I see Jesus in the heart melting like wax as a pierce as a spear pierced his side. I hear the thirst. I hear the bulls of Bashan and see soldiers from Rome gathering. I see people hurling insults. His hands and feet pierced from David's pen to Christ's cross. I see Psalm 22 in the words of Jesus, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Whether Christ was literally forsaken or whether he felt that way as David felt when he took on this great weight of sin, we won't know until we reach heaven. But what we will know is this, he was not forsaken, at least not for long. We'll see in tomorrow's reading that the Spirit of God quickly comes to Christ. He is resurrected. He is redeemed. God was with Jesus and he earned for us his salvation. But today I think about the weight that Jesus felt, the emotional physical, mental, and spiritual pain that would cause my Christ to cry out to His Father, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Church, as we think about the weight and the shame of sin, can you imagine if Jesus has taken it all on Himself? I am thankful for our Savior and thankful for our redemption. It is true that generations yet unborn at the time of David will declare it. He has done it and praise Jesus that he has. You may want to read Psalm 22 this afternoon for yourself and see how many connections you can find to the crucifixion of Christ. Church family, I love you. May God bless you.